You are listening to a Sunday sermon from St. Thomas Episcopal Church in Bellevue, Washington. We are a community that seeks God's presence, serves Christ in others, and grows together in faith. Welcome to our podcast. The following sermon was recorded on March 24, 2019, the third Sunday in Lent, by the Reverend Lex Breckenridge, Rector at St. Thomas. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Luke. At that very time, there were some present who told Jesus about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. He asked them, Do you think that because these Galileans suffered in this way, they were worse sinners than all other Galileans? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all perish as they did or those 18 who were killed when the Tower of Siloam fell on them. Do you think that they were worse off off offenders than all the others living in Jerusalem? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all perish as they did. Then he told this parable. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came looking for fruit on it and found none. So he said to the gardener, See here, For three years I have come looking for fruit on this fig tree, and still I find none. Cut it down. Why should it be wasting the soil? He replied, Sir, let it alone for one more year until I dig around it and put manure on it. If it bears fruit next year, well and good. But if not, you can cut it down. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise you, Lord Christ. This morning's gospel reading raises some profound and provocative life questions, like this one. If God is all-powerful, if God is all-loving, if God is all-good, why is there suffering in the world? Or here's another one. When God created the world, why did God allow evil? Theologians call these the theodicy questions. These questions have always been a Real stumbling block to faith for many. Now there's a related question that goes like this. If God is all loving and all good, why does it seem like God punishes so much? This is a version of why do bad things happen to good people. Now all of these questions go to the nature of God. What kind of God do we really have out there? Now, looking at all of these questions in a 10-minute sermon is beyond my very limited abilities. But let me say, I actually do have something to say, well, actually more than something to say, about each one of them. And I promise I'll share what I think about all of this when we can take some time to reflect and have conversation together. But for this morning, let's spend a minute on a real question that's being put to Jesus. And that question seems to be, Why is God punishing these innocent people who the terrorist and tyrant Pilate has slaughtered? It's really a question about the nature of God, and it has its origin in Scripture. You may remember that Job's friends couldn't understand how Job, who appeared to be so righteous, was being punished by God. So they told Job he must have done something to deserve it, 
and Jesus' disciples, as they tried to understand his ministry of healing and forgiveness, asked, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Somebody has to be blamed. But Jesus tells them they're making a category error. Do you really think because these Galileans suffered in this way, they were worse sinners than all the other Galileans? And then he asks the same questions about those who had died in a natural disaster when a building collapsed. Do you think they were worse offenders than all the others living in Jerusalem? Suffering and disaster is not God's punishment for sin. No, the compassionate and wise Jesus knows that we are all flawed and imperfect. Jesus knows, as the Apostle Paul later put it in Romans, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All. So what is going on in human suffering? What does God have to do with human suffering? Now, suffering that may be caused by sin like the sin of the evil pilot or suffering that may have natural causes like the collapse of the building in Siloam. What's happening there? Well, here's what's happening. God is going to show up. God is going to come into the midst of all our suffering and be present with us. That's what Jesus is doing. Jesus is God's way of not only being with us, walking alongside us, sharing our suffering, In the crucifixion, God has entered for all time into the most profound human suffering. God in Christ suffers pain, humiliation, and agonizing death. And God suffers the loss of a child. Can there be more profound human suffering than this? And God takes it all on. And then, in the power of the resurrection, the power of the mightiest act of love in history, God redeems it all. So God is present with us in our suffering. God understands our suffering. God has lived our suffering. And the second thing we learn about the nature of God this morning has to do with God's judgment. Now, judgment can be pretty scary because it brings so much negative baggage with it. I mean, nobody wants to be judged. You know, we don't want to stand before the the, the traffic court and have to explain why we were going too fast. You know, there's all, all kinds of things about judgment that scare us. But God's judgment isn't the same as our judgment, which usually involves condemnation or punishment. No, the goal of God's judgment is not punishment. Let me say that again. The goal of God's judgment is not punishment. The goal of God's judgment is healing and transformation. That's where the, the parable of the fig tree comes in. Jesus is telling us about the nature of God's judgment and about the nature of God. The impatient landowner looks a lot like us, doesn't he? Wanting the results he wants now. And if those results aren't happening, well, let's pull the tree out, branch and root, and start all over. Tree not bearing fruit? Punish it. Tree not bearing fruit? Throw it away. 
Now, the gardener, on the other hand, counsels patience. Let's give the tree a little more time. Let's give the tree a little more nourishment. Let's put a little more manure. Let's put a little more fertilizer on it and see what happens. Don't you love that earthy image? Couldn't you use a little more manure? (laughs) A little more fertilizer? A little more time? Well, my life sure could. You know, it takes time for God's mercy to do its work. So let's put all of this together and see what Jesus is saying about God's judgment and about the nature of God. Jesus is saying that God's judgment is both just and merciful. God's justice calls us to account for our sinful dispositions. God's justice calls us to see, to really see how we've fallen short of the glory of God. And then calls us to repentance, calls us to transformation, calls us to a new way of living. A new way of being. Justice means accountability, which means the opportunity for transformation. So instead of fearing judgment, instead of dreading judgment, we should welcome judgment. It's an opportunity for us. It is the opportunity for change. And if justice is on one side of the coin of God's judgment, on the other side... Is God's mercy, God's loving patience. God will give us us poor, barren fig trees the attention and the fertilizer, which I really think when we're talking about this fertilizer in in this parable, we're really talking about grace, about God's grace. God will give us the fertilizer we need to begin to bear the fruit We were meant to bear. God's judgment is complete. Justice without mercy is nothing more than vengeance and wrath and revenge. It's punitive. Mercy without justice is nothing but sentimentality. It's empty. Neither one without the other leads to healing and transformation, which is what God desires for us. God desires our healing and our transformation so that we might live into our true natures, our true selves as beloved children of the one who created us. Can you see why we read this gospel story in Lent? It's a wonderful call to letting go of whatever stands between us and bearing the fruit that God desires for us. And that whatever, is really called sin, which we might also call selfishness, being self-referential, which we might also call putting our own egoic needs for power and control, safety and security and affection and esteem ahead of the needs of the whole world. Because make no mistake, we are all part of one body, and we need God the gardener. And we need each other to flourish and thrive. What do you need right now 
What do you need right now in this life to be more fruitful? You know, it's different for each one of us. But in your prayer time, you can figure it out. Whatever it is that you need to be more fruitful, whatever you need to take on or let go of, whatever it might be, offer it up to God. Offer it up to the just and the merciful gardener who wants you to truly live. And through the manure, through the fertilizer of God's grace, you will bear fruit. Amen. For more information about St. Thomas Episcopal Church, please visit our website, www.stthomasmedina.org. That's www.stthomasmedina.org.